0: Me mm-hmm. Tell me to you the Bed Post Podcast. I'm your host as always, Erin Pym, and I am a performer. I'm a singer, I'm a dancer, I'm a writer, but most importantly, I'm the producer of the Bed Post Stage Show, uh, the Bed Post Podcast, which you're listening to right now. Uh, what I do on here is I bring performers from Bed Post and beyond into my new fandangled studio <laughs> to uh, have a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. And this week we have comedian Ify Chiwetelu. Yeah, Yeah, you did it. I did it. It was nervous, (laughs) and you did it so well. It was good. I wish,
1: I wish people could somehow see the way your eyes just (laughs) do the thing when you're trying so hard to announce my last name. And that's how I like it. I want everyone to introduce me with fear in their
0: hearts. (laughs) That's great. How you doing? You I'm well. How are it's, you? I'm great. It's really Good. nice to have you here, man. Oh, ah, I'm glad to be in
1: your new studio, which yeah. is Beautiful, by the way
0: Oh, thank you Yeah, it's uh, air quotes on studio <laughs> But not on the beautiful part Oh, thanks. It's really
1: nice okay. And I'm just taking in the different color in this room Let's just talk about things people let's, can't see Let's
0: just talk about what, what we that. see <laughs> uh, What we see Yeah,
1: that's how we always makes for a good podcast Yeah, good podcast well, Talking about you. things we see, we're smelling <laughs> <laughs> But taste. not describing it enough that people can imagine it. No, no. just like vague. Exactly, real vague. <laughs> mm, what's that scent in the air? It's nice. It's
0: nice. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you came. I see on your tell your television shirt. Oh, my wow. Shirt. Wow. On your T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm out of it today. That's okay. Uh, you just came from Second City. I You're did teaching today.
1: Uh, no, uh, I'm. Uh, I was working the summer camps Summer camps yeah, Yes I wasn't teaching But I was uh, I was there What do you Singing do with that? Uh, I, at Second City right now I'm the youth and teen program coordinator Very cool Though n- nothing I will say on this podcast Is representative <laughs> Of Second of City, Second City or, or anyone who works with youth and teens Am <laughs> I right you sexy sex sex maniac sex <laughs> Which is also how I introduced myself to the youth <laughs> yeah, on the first sexy day. Sexy, sex, sex, sex. Hey, maybe, yeah. sexy, sex, sex. <laughs> Gross. Always. I am getting fired tomorrow <laughs> because of Bedpost.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Um, but you performed at Bedpost. I have. You had a great stand up set. Thank you. I loved it. Was it was so much fun. Man, your energy. Like, I, I videotaped it oh, okay. on my. Uh, that's what they say nowadays still, yeah. right? Videotaped? Per- sure. Yes. <laughs> videotaped it. Uh, I pressed record yeah. on my VCR.
1: Uh, next time, can you hire someone to just illustrate it live <laughs> yeah. as I perform? That'd be great.
0: Totally. And, and uh, when I was looking through, usually I post a little clip on the website. Mm-hmm. And I could have used... I couldn't decide what clip I wanted to Aww. use. There were so many funny jokes and moments. Oh, that's and good. I just loved it so much. One thing you talked about was online dating a lot. Oh, okay. Online dating woes. Yes. Are you still online? No. Do you have an online presence?
1: No. <laughs> and I know that's, that's ruining the joke because I <laughs> pretend that I do for the sake of the joke. I did online dating. It's all made up. I, it's all, well, I online dated <laughs> for like, like a solid 45 minutes. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, but it was oh, that man. bad. Well, you know what it is, I think with online, I think this is shifting, but I do think for me, I sort of internalize the idea that online dating is sort of like the last hope, right? Uh, So when you approach it with that perspective and then it doesn't go well, it is immediately (laughs) disheartening. (laughs) And then you're like, well, I guess I should just adopt cats <laughs> but I'm allergic <laughs> but this is what I need to do you know that's what but, online dating
0: but that's not what I
1: is. what I put on online yeah
0: dating. yeah yeah but it's not like that no. everybody does it that's mm-hmm. how people hook up right? yeah and date like for sure for sure that's over anything I feel like nowadays that's just what you do yeah right?
1: yeah but I think online dating for me was hard yeah oh
0: those 45 minutes
1: yes it was it's just a real hard 45 minutes <laughs> You know what? You're getting me in a really weird mood, and I apologize in advance for this podcast. Should I apologize? No. Do you? No. <laughs> you shouldn't. Um, and it's a weird mood because I was like, I was about to say some stuff that I'm like, why would I say that? To don't censor yourself. Yeah, I, you no, mean. that's <laughs> listen. Uh, be careful what you wish for. Um, anyways, online dating, I think is was hard. That's all I'll yeah. say about that. I about just feel like there's a more. lot. I internalize about doing it so that there was no success there was not gonna be any success there the stakes were too high um in my mind yeah so yeah but I do love making jokes about it apparently
0: yeah well yeah. they're they're a killer I mean yeah, come on thanks do you what are you doing right now in your your love life oh in my love life like do you go on dates oh. do you meet people places what do you do
1: um oh gosh so I'm you're doing... not seeing anyone right no uh and that's basically what I'm doing. Uh not I'm claiming. just oh man, just closing my eyes wherever I go and not seeing anyone. That was a pun that I I tried to set up there. No. Um what am I doing? Do you care about dating or I really don't know. Really don't know. Right you know what? Here's there's a quote I've always remembered. Um Winona Judd was on Oprah, the Oprah yes. show. Many years ago. Oh, hi. I don't even know.
0: A huge Oprah watcher. Yeah, yeah, I know. I used to, I work nights and mm-hmm. I had like that perfect slot of the day open Yes, w- where I got my breakfast and sat down and Oprah was on. Ugh. So man.
1: So good. I watched so much Oprah. Listen, I think I, I remember being like 14 maybe and seeing yeah. this interview and I can't have been, maybe I was older than that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Winona Judd said, um, you date your self-esteem. Yeah, and I remember internalizing that and thinking, "Huh, that seems really true." That's a good one. Yeah, and it's something that I've always thought about. So I think, uh, in terms of what am I doing, I think I'm just in a space where, if I were to date my self-esteem, it wouldn't be a great situation. Oh, so I'm just on a like really? working on self. Yeah, no, that's phase. good
0: though. That's good to be self-aware and kind of yeah. Like, you know, just not get into a shitty, get with a shitty partner and yeah, and, you know, when it's not a good time for you. I think so. I think that's what I'm trying to I think that's a good thing to know, of, right? <laughs> I actually had a
1: therapist say to me, Oh, we're just saying all the things, you see. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I had a therapist say to me because I have this thought that I need to make everything within and without. With about me perfect Mm. before I can move on to any next step, and I can say that in a lot of different ways. And I I was using the analogy of a house, where I was like to the therapist, I was saying, you know, you just have to build a solid foundation, Mm -hmm. but and make sure the walls aren't going to get knocked down by, you know, a natural disaster. And my therapist said, but sometimes you also need to build walls that have windows. That can open and doors that can invite people in. And I was like, interesting. Because I don't always think that way. So, yes, while I do think it's a good thing to be self aware and be like, great, I need to work on me, I also think it's probably some sort of defense mechanism. Yeah, that's a a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. podcast. (laughs) Psychology. Um, Yeah, let me know when you're on that stage (laughs) and we'll get into it. And
0: we'll get right into the meat of it.
1: We'll call it uh, (laughs) depressive thoughts. <laughs> with Bed day.
0: post. Show would tell you. No, no, I said you. you. should have them. just let the first oh. one.
1: Just let that one hang. <laughs> it would have been
0: fun. No, it's okay.
1: But you went in with confidence, actually. I, I did.
0: I, I wanted to make that joke. And mm. then, just big. I admire I'm not a comedian. I
1: admire you being funny. Ah, uh, you <laughs> went out for pride
0: I with did. pasties on. I admire you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I um I had a really cute look. I had like a high-waisted black skirt and I had kind of like a black suit jacket type mm. look and then I wore the pasties underneath. But you just kind of saw the sliver mm. in the middle and if you saw a pasty then you saw a pasty, but it was ah. like kind of a classy look. Yeah. As classy as you can get while wearing pasties. Right?
1: I saw that and I was like, "Man, <laughs> that is something I don't know if I could ever wear. No, no. Oh, it's fun to wear pasties though. But you know, when your breasts are of a certain size,
0: <laughs> the idea of
1: going out without a bra—like I'm just thinking about—like how much pain I might be just walking down the street. Yeah, like, you, you get just- like
0: shoulder. I do. Pain. I get
1: pain from Boot like pain. yeah. But also, you know, like, I'm just thinking about being at the parade and, like, clapping and then being like, oh, as the jiggling of that alone is, like, <laughs> Just too <painful>. much. To- <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, oh, the light is changing. I need to jog across the street. And you wouldn't be able to yeah, do it. Yeah, you'd knock yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd knock people beside me out. <laughs> I'd probably knock a child underneath me out. Like would Everyone, be, would, be everyone would be knocked out. Everyone would be knocked out. But you know, I I loved
0: I loved the look. Did you also have big boobs? Thank you, by the way. Did you always have big boobs?
1: Um, yeah, I remember.
0: When did you get a bra? Ugh, what
1: was that? Is there a story there? Sure. Um, so I my no one else in my family has a large chest, which uh, I remember one of the first time the the first time I went to Nigeria mm-hmm. after. Living in Canada for a bit, um, I remember my grandma sitting around and talking with people about my chest, like as I was sitting there in the oh. room. And you know, when you know enough of another language just to be insulted, like you don't know enough to, you know, that they're talking about you and you know what they're saying, like the gist of the conversation, but you don't know enough to like respond people back to or to yourself. be like, oh. Uh. So I just sat there, like I liken it to going through surgery while the anesthetic wears off. Like, you're just <sighs> sitting there like... Ugh. Anyway, so I've always had a large chest. <laughs> and um, no one in my family does. I'm not really? quite sure. My mom's convinced it's because of the, uh, the Western way they they pump drugs in the meat oh, and that's milk funny. and all that's these funny. kind of things. Um, so my first bra... Yeah, like, my mom... Uh, did she even know what to do with you? She didn't know what to do. Like, like she's from a... Like, she's a... I don't even think she knows bra sizes go up beyond, like, a D, you right, know? Right, right. Like, I remember she just, like, we went... I, my first bra wasn't even from a, a, a place that sold bras. I think it was from, like, a Blue Notes, and they had a bin that had, like, <laughs> three for five dollars, and I think this bra had, like, was made out of denim, like, it was just, I'm pretty sure it was, you know, it wasn't even a bra, it was probably just sort of tank top, and my mom was like, well, this'll do it. Um, yeah, and then I, it was only, it actually wasn't until I was in university
0: uh-huh. that
1: I- you got a real bra? I got a real bra. <laughs> And by that I mean, like, I went to a store so that flint. measured you and mm. stuff like that. That wasn't a licenza yeah, because those places aren't real places.
0: No, um, it's, it's lingerie. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like like made for sex, it's exactly, not made for
1: and utility. I remember them being like, "Well, you don't fit in any of our sizes, but we have extenders." And I was like, "What?" And so I remember even my high school graduation. I wore this bra that just fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the whole night I was so uncomfortable, and just, I didn't even know that you could go anywhere else and handle things. So yeah, <laughs> just disintegrated on you. Just, just. <laughs> well, it was it was a strapless. Oh, oh my god, give me a break. Oh, uh, and uh, it, and it was from Licenza and it just uh, yeah, it just it fell apart. And the whole night I was in, in, extremely uncomfortable, oh. just pulling it up and trying to hold things up and tuck things in. Um, so yeah, I've always had large breasts and <laughs> buying bras is a version of
0: hell. <laughs> <laughs> little space of hell reserved for yes. Of you. Yes. Um, funnily enough, the worst fitting bra I ever had mm-hmm. was the only time I had a fitting. Oh. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Uh, maybe it is cause I'm just smaller chested that I prefer to wear like not this huge machine on um, my chest maybe. Yeah. But uh yeah, I gotta fit. Um I'm not gonna call out the lingerie star. Oh, but... I said licenza so many times already <laughs> that I hope
1: they call me. <laughs> Say something, Licenza.
0: Let's get a conversation going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: And expand your offerings, because there's some young girls who are going to malls thinking nothing thinking, else is there for them. Yeah. Because you exist.
0: Thinking they're fucking freaks, Exactly. Right? Terrible. Anyway, sorry.
1: Your story, you um, were saying.
0: Oh, it's not all that interesting, but no. uh, my breasts are a little widely set apart. Oh. Um, so that was a thing. Like, the wire would always cut on the outer side of mm. the tissue of my breast because they'd all be oriented like a little closer together Mm -hmm. so everyone would stick in the side but she kind of convinced me that it was a really good fit yeah and she did all the fancy stuff with where she was measuring and how do you put your arms up and all this stuff yeah uh and i bought three really expensive bras from her just because like her talk was so good and got them home and man they're Three super expensive bras, man. Like How I spent. Much? Well, I don't know because I I have a feeling you use pay a lot for a good bra, so maybe this isn't that expensive. But they're like 125 each. Oh. So I spent like that's up there 450, you know, yeah. or, with tax and. <laughs> oh man! And um, it's so funny. My mom every time she saw me because I told her I was actually getting fitted mm-hmm. for real. Uh, And she'd be like, oh, that just fits you so well. Like, she was convinced, too, from this story I spun (laughs) from this woman from the long (laughs) story story. And always be like, that fits you so well. And and I'd I'd be like, ow, this is hurting me. And I'd be like, (laughs) thanks, mom. (laughs) $120 pain. (laughs) (laughs) And also, she she was convinced I was a C-cup, this woman at the thing. Which there's no... There's huh. no way. And I was all proud because for me, I've always been like a B oh. or even an A a lot of times. And huh. uh, you're looking at me with so much hate in your eyes.
1: No. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about how the first time I went to a, a fitting, I went with my sisters mm-hmm. and they both came out of the room so upset because the person was like, you thought you were a C, but you're, you're a actually B. a B. And one of my sisters was like, you thought you were a B, you're actually an A. And I went in and they were <laughs> like, they do you know how high the alphabet goes? And I was like, well, this is bullshit. Um, so I was thinking about how you were saying this. And then I was also thinking how hard it is to talk about breasts with someone and maintain eye contact. Right. Because you were like, oh, I thought I was a C. And I was like, mm, I don't know. And then I was like, I should look. But then I was like, should I look? I don't know. <laughs> Max in the next room there's so many thoughts going on I'm so, so that was the thought where you were like oh it pinches on the side my breasts are wide set like all I want to do
0: is look at them and be like are they, are they? is that a can is I that tell a can I tell
1: so that's more what that look was about
0: I actually still have a pride tattoo on one of my nipples oh from yesterday <laughs> yeah Okay. It won't be yesterday when you listen to this podcast, of course, but uh, I have a little rainbow that's a circle around one of my nipples. It's never leaving. It's permanent. Perfect. It's permanent tattoo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When you said I have a pride tattoo, I I just assumed it was permanent. And then when you finish that sentence with, uh, that has it, that's still there, I'm like, okay, well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a good thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. No, uh, this was, I believe, a TD temporary tattoo
1: they were giving them out
0: a td um yeah there were like girls there uh, oh. that would put it on you oh, that's and i'm nice. like and it was a circle a rainbow but in a complete circle and uh i asked one of them if they would do my nipple oh <laughs> she's like you can do your nipple
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a great, great answer td <laughs> <laughs> They've gotten training so I The did. training Licenza so desperately needs <laughs> yeah, I know, T.D. has it Yeah, doesn't, right? Doesn't have it. I don't know <laughs>
0: uh, uh, I've gotten so much shitty lingerie from Licenza though yeah. I'll tell you. Oh, I tell I don't head.
1: understand uh, The other day I, I went to Licenza with a friend of mine She was looking for a bathing suit top or something Did they I, sell those out I can't even remember Maybe it wasn't Licenza. Maybe it was a Victoria's Secret I don't know It was some lingerie place that sold also Something like that And um, she was like Oh I I need the medium large And I was like That's not a real thing Like (laughs) if you are buying A top Anyway I just have no concept of that Like a medium large I'm like what band size is that What cup size is that Is that US Is that UK Is that (laughs) Europe Is that like what are we talking about here And she's like oh I'll just grab the medium large I didn't I'm even like, try it on. <laughs> exactly.
0: What? Yeah. I'm like,
1: uh, okay, I'll buy a medium large too, one for each of my breasts. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Yeah, and extra just so I can use the fabric for more
0: support as an extender. <laughs> yeah. That's Lassenza? what you need to do. to yeah. Education. Right. <laughs> oh. Have you ever improvised a bra situation? Oh, like had something snap on you and had to MacGyver um, a bra I together. Have ever had to a wardrobe malfunction? Well, I, I've i
1: had, uh, yeah, my first, before I realized what bras should be, be like, like uh, I did a lot of just silly things where I was like, where it always happened that, you know, people were like, hey, Ify, there's just like a little blood on the side of your shirt. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, that's fine. That's just how the bra fits. Like, <laughs> <What>? just silliness. <laughs> Because I played a lot of sports, and so I would be, like, wearing, like, three bras at a time. (laughs) For real? Yeah. And the base one, I would typically do, like, a base one that doesn't have underwire, then one with underwire, then maybe, like, a sports bra on top, or something like that. Just to lock it all in. Yeah, and something would always, like, go wrong, and then I would be bleeding. Um, Or uh, chafing in between my breasts, so that I would bleed in the front
0: really that badly
1: yeah but this is what happens when you are of size and you're not doing it right and you think (laughs) that's and you have parents who are like oh I don't know I guess that's how it is like my mom literally thought like you just keep going up in the band size like that's all you can do yeah so you just start having a lot of really weird things do you know... This is, this is like a real sexy podcast, right? Like, yeah, yeah, this is Someone's going to listen to this and be like, ooh, bleeding? <laughs> <laughs> a bleeding from a bra? What's her number? I'll tell you. It's 416-996. Do it,
0: you know, like, the science of a good bra? Like, what needs yes. to happen there? I, you know what?
1: I um, My nephew's mother mm-hmm. makes um, bathing suits. Cool. Uh, yeah. But she makes it for, uh, people who are in fitness competitions. Wow.
0: And typically
1: when you're competing at a high level, um, in bodybuilding and, and, or fitness, like you're at a lean state. Sure. Um, so a lot of the people that she dresses don't have much in the chest or have implants that don't, so her suits aren't really about... Uh, function like the everyday, yeah. Like, it's not her suits are just like paint, like just a gloss on top, it's not actually meant to hold something up, right? But she had offered to make me a bra one time, really. And uh, yeah, I was like, You can't do that. <laughs> you like, let's go together. She was like, Oh, well, we'll go and I'll pick out the fabric and stuff. I was like, Fabric, we need to go to Home Depot, <laughs> we, need to, we need to buy the shelving. I need to make it happen So that's what I think You need to do (laughs) To get the right bra Like there has to be Like This is important The Inside Being being in between Yeah Which you can't do Like if you're not doing The right bra you're just gonna have Like the one you They re- shouldn't be squished Yeah Though you won't be able other. to tell Cause then this just does this So no one can tell That that's actually Going all the way to the chest Right Again, But Doing sh- things that I'm not describing um, <laughs> Great Audio so It should do this Guys <laughs> do This, this. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about When your bra does this <laughs> um, But yeah You should be able to Touch The center of your Chest I, I don't even know I don't know the science Of anything anymore About bras I hate them so much because every time they go, I go, I'm a new size, and I don't know what's going on. I am very serious about looking into a reduction.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, it's a work. I mean, my mom's got some big boobs yeah. for sure, and she's had lifelong issues: neck, back, shoulders. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I have a girlfriend at work actually that's also. She's very young though. She's like twenty-one, I think. Uh-huh. But she's seriously considering it. Hang on, you said she's very young. As if to oh, imply burn, that burn. I'm... Oh, I thought you meant for my mom. No. for my mom there. No, I'm
1: just looking uh, uh, to be <laughs> insulted. That's all it is. Um, <laughs> just...
0: But she's 21. <laughs> she's 21. And she's... Um, I was kind of surprised that she um, was thinking of that already. And I was like, good for you, I think. Yeah. That you kind of realized that that's... Yeah. I don't know. Or, or she's kind of a partier. So I was like, aren't you just like loving your big titties right now? Apparently yes, she's not. They don't party. Yeah, the rest of you might
1: party. Those things are just heavy. They're just leaning over, just trying to catch a breath. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but good for her. I when I, why I didn't That's consider good. it when I was younger is because I was yeah. like, hey, uh, everyone I know who's had a breast reduction has lost sensation.
0: Oh, and I was like, that yeah. seems
1: important. Yeah, but listen, I don't care at this point. <laughs> yeah, do I care? so do much? care? I, share, do I, I like, don't know. Is that uh, is that a good price things? to pay? I who who even knows who is even who is even having sex these days? No one, no one is. If I am, if I am the sample size, uh, an accurate sample size of and one that's representative of everyone, no one cares about sensation anywhere because it is not being stimulated. Am I right, Erin? Am I right, or am I right? I
0: want to say yes. <laughs>
1: As we are in your studio that is also your bedroom <laughs> with an incredibly sexy
0: painting above above the bed. That's of my friend, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. She, beautiful. Yeah. We did, like, a couple photo photo shoots. Wow, wow. My words today. Good audio. Um, I hope
1: you share a picture of this. Yeah, I might. So yeah. So people can see That's what nice idea. lovely painting I should take a picture about.
0: of our studio. Yeah. Do it. Our quote-unquote studio. Yeah. I'm happy to pose on the... On the bed Let's do it right now Let's do it on the break
1: But I'm wearing A a work t-shirt So I don't think
0: I should do any of that In this Yeah Yeah. Um, We're at halftime Evie Great This is wicked Okay we're gonna take A very quick break Mm -hmm. And then we'll be right back With Evie Yeah Once upon a time, Carmine Lucarelli, one of the owners of the Social Capital Theater, approached me about starting up an erotica based show, and look what it's become. Bedpost has been going on for over a year and a half now, and the Bedpost podcast has just met the milestone of 6,000 downloads. A big shout out and thank you from Bedpost to the Social Capital Theater, the venue that showcases comedy shows, variety shows, readings, meetup groups, music, and more. For more information about the Social Capital Theater, including rentals, classes, scheduling, and partying, visit SoCap.ca or Facebook.com thesocap Hello, listeners. We're back. Yeah. With We're hydrated. We're hydrated? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that means our pussy's <laughs> wet. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's dry. It's desert. Is it dry? It is. Oh, man. Do you have
0: to... Uh, what was my question going to be? Do I, I have, have to do you use... Have to, do you have to lubricate? Well, here's the thing. I lubricate just for fun. Just for fun? Just for
1: comfort. I, I joke about uh, the dryness, but I also, <laughs> uh, not so jokingly, ugh, this is not sexy. <laughs> no, none of this. <laughs> it's thing. fine. It's fine. I'm like it's the, the, the... grossest bedpost guest. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not having sex. My bra made me bleed. I'm dry. <laughs>
0: this is the worst. Oh my
1: God. If anyone is intrigued by any of this, 416-996. Um, uh, I, I've been on um, uh, SSRIs, antidepressants, oh, yeah. for a while. And those just kind of yeah. sap... You know, dry or
0: or lubricate, over lubricate.
1: Oh, not, is not anything to do with actual lubricant, but more so just like just saps your libido. So when yes. I joke about being dry, I'm just like, well, I don't even know. Do <laughs> people get wet? I don't know what that is. What does that even mean? <laughs> does that mean like you were out in the rain? I'm not, I'm not following the conversation.
0: <laughs> Oh, um fun. yeah, well, uh I was on birth control for forever, like birth control pill, mm-hmm. and that's a huge side effect to yeah. that as well. And I was on that forever and I just came off of it maybe 2 years ago. Mm. Now, did that And noticed a huge difference.
1: Did that align with you wanting to start doing bed posts?
0: Yeah, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Yeah, mm. I got into erotica writing probably around that time. Interesting. So thank That's you. A uh,
1: alas, I don't know what you were on. I just made up something. Marvelon. Marvelon.
0: Terrible. Uh, oh. Marvelon
1: is probably made by Lucenza. Um, <laughs> I will say this though. I'm really curious about this um, because as this uh, very sexy podcast uh, episode has been revealing. I am a, just a, such a, a sexual
0: being. It just...
1: is um And as two sexual beings, you know, I just want to say, um, ask you, how do you um, also... Uh, but no, I am actually very fascinated by people who are very open with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that, like, as if even people who can just be, like, casually... Talk about things. Because I feel like there's almost, uh, like, where did you (laughs) find the ability to do that?
0: To talk about sex? Yeah. Um, Matt's very open, so that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to have a partner that's not very open about sex. Then you feel like you don't, you can't talk about it either. Or if you have a very private partner, mm-hmm. it's difficult. But you, you but, outside
1: of your relationship, like you, do you do bed post. Yeah, that's uh, true. You do this podcast. That's true. That's you do true. the live show. You dance for less. Like all these kinds of I, things. I think like it's from out of, where did
0: you? I think it's out of interest. Mm. Uh, out of interest to find out about people's stories and different facets of sexualities and like from a research perspective almost Mm -hmm. um and it just really intrigues me and i just Mm -hmm. want to talk to people about it to find out their perspectives on it Mm -hmm. and their stories i love i love people's life stories sexual or not even about like not sex but Mm -hmm. sexuality like how people grew up really intrigues me Mm -hmm. and that was probably the impetus behind like a lot of this. But also, yeah, maybe coming off the pill had some of it. And also maybe just having a really open partner that, you know, it fosters my Mm. indulgence in this type of work.
1: Interesting. You know?
0: Like, he really is a very supportive partner and encouraging partner and encourages me to explore all the different things Mm. that I get to explore with Bedpost. Totally. Very cool. Yeah.
1: I think why you stand as someone who is just so interesting to me because (laughs) I think my experience is of like growing up in the area of Calgary that I did Mm -hmm. um, definitely felt very alone in a lot of ways. Like I was oftentimes, most times in most of my settings in school everything was the only black student or whatever. And so even around like the time where people were you know, having crushes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like there was just this void in that. Like, the only time anyone ever would assume anything was if there was another black student in the school. And then it was like, hey, Ifi, have you met this brand new student that right. came? Um, meanwhile, the people who I've gone to school with for years were never an option. Like, so for me, I just, I, I really uh, felt this sort of erasure in that in that kind of way. Where it was like relationships, um, any sort of like intimate interaction yeah. is not meant for me. I think is a lesson that wow. I that you
0: learned, I learned,
1: um, or rather what I uh, assumed based yeah, like on learned my behavior. Experience. Yeah,
0: learned behavior. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm
1: just so intrigued by when people are so compared to me, like overt in that right. because I think. Do you still feel that a little bit? I think, yeah. I think I'm still trying to unlearn it. Yeah, right. I'm trying to unlearn it, but it is very deeply ingrained. Yeah. And so I always, when I see people who aren't that, I'm always curious, like, how do you have the audacity (laughs) to even, because honestly, like, for me, uh, sometimes I think, like, the way you went out for pride um, in your shirt with the pasty and blah, 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 like, I think there's a part of me that if I attempted to to wear something similar, Mm -hmm. it would feel, like, clownish. It wouldn't feel, like, sexy or strong or whatever. I think there's a part of my mind that's still, like, that is not for you. Right. Or you are not allowed to be that person. Or you are only allowed to be that person. Like, my experiences growing up were either just... Of people who I interacted with on the daily basis, like the friends I went to school with and, and the people who I was more around was just this assumption that I couldn't in any capacity be with them, but... And the flip side, there was also maybe an assumption in some situations that I was having like all this sex and interactions with, I don't know who, like, I'm like, <laughs> we've gone to school together for however many me. years, you know me, like, you know, like, where am I doing this when thing? When and where? Yeah. But life. I think, uh, cause I think in growing up in a space where there wasn't a lot of, other black people, I think a lot of the messages people assumed about me were based on things like Pop, hip-hop. Media. Yeah, yeah, things like media. So there was this, like, overt sexualization of black women. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in my day-to-day life, there was this, like, a complete absence of acknowledgement in any sort of romantic capacity. Yeah. So I was always felt to either ha- Like, there was a weird expectation to be one or the other. Right. Um, which, so... Yeah, the idea to just, like, yeah, I just casually went out to Pride, which I think is why something like Blockorama that happens at Pride, which Mm -hmm. is, like, a great gathering of people of color, um, is so powerful and empowering because so many times, especially if you are um, not heterosexual, like, if you're going to add that layer to things as well, there's a further isolation and there's a further sense of uh, who you're allowed to be and, yeah, separation.
0: Yeah, so anyways, I, I listen it's a lot. Very interesting. Yeah, I listen a lot to the Deliciously Disabled podcast. Mm-hmm. His, his name is Andrew Gerzer, and he's a queer guy who's disabled, and he talks a lot about uh bringing. It's actually why he does this podcast and does work with Deliciously Disabled is mm-hmm. to in attempts to bring these two identities together: his queerness and his disability together, because he always found that he didn't fit in in either grouping. Mm-hmm. Like he has stories uh, where. In college or university, I'm not exactly sure where he went, but he there would be LGBTQ events, uh, but they wouldn't be accessible. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in, the, in disability events and resources, nothing about sexuality, and especially nothing about queerness. Mm-hmm. So having that same, like, where do I fit in yeah. type thing. I've yeah. got to be one or the other. Yeah. And only now he's really trying to bring those two identities together and doing a lot of great work. I think um, that's great. I think that's so necessary. Yeah. Hopefully I'm going to be volunteering. They have, like, a, a play party coming up in August. Mm. Um, like, a fully accessible play party. Mm. And they're asked for a lot of volunteers. So I put my resume in there. Ooh. Hopefully I'll be volunteering at that. Very cool. It'll be a really cool event. Yeah. 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 I think...
1: And that's something... that's that whole event and the podcast i'm definitely going to look it up it's so important because i think the older i get especially i can be more conscious of the things that i have internalized or learned and I, i do think there are certain things that are accepted around sexuality and who we allow to be sexual and the ways we allow them to be sexual yeah um Catherine McCormick, who's a great comic, she mm-hmm. also, she wrote an article recently for She Does the City mm-hmm. where she was talking about celebrating her first pride, um, married um, to a woman mm-hmm. um, but in there, she had this one sentence that I swear rocked me to my <sighs> core, where she said I I literally, like, woke up thinking about it at, like, 3am and had to look up the article and, and like, read it again. Ho- copy and paste that sentence to just think about it later but where she said something like, um growing up she was so many things that people were conditioned to find repulsive like she was um, and for that she meant specifically her experience as being uh, like being overweight Mm -hmm. um, because she also spoke in that same article or maybe she didn't speak in that article but just from other things I've seen from her I know in the last couple years she had, in the last year she had gastric bypass and so she has talked a little bit about how people have treated her differently around that interesting, but, yeah, it was that sentence of being a fat woman was also another like point of non like uh, like is <laughs> also almost like then you're not allowed to be sexual, you're not allowed to be all these other things. So I think there's something about that sentence that I felt like there's so many other words I could add to that Mm -hmm. that would speak to my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I could add black to that. I could Mm -hmm. add, you know, other things to that that Mm -hmm. just made you feel like, you know, and I I think, anyway, there's so many people who have this experience of sex and sexuality, Mm -hmm. um, discussions about it, even being open about it. It belongs to, in a very specific context that's often heteronormative that's often yeah. ableist and yeah. that's also often not for people of color. That's also mm-hmm. often for very specific bodies. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: anyway. As long as, I mean, and there's a lot of people doing work to try to dispel yeah. those, you know, stigmas yeah. and, and labels and barriers, but yeah, it's Which all is, of those things you mentioned are alive and well, even yeah. in Toronto. You know? Oh,
1: and I, I, that's why I think it's so interesting when I see people who do sort of celebrate their sexuality in a really great and healthy way. I'm always Mm -hmm. curious if it's like a nature or nurture thing. Mm -hmm. Like, is it that we've learned the shame or that we've learned that our bodies aren't welcome spacers or we've learned this idea that we're not sexual or Mm -hmm. we can't joke? Like, I think part of the reason why I joke about going on Tinder dates Mm -hmm. or I'll even joke about sex and I do a bit about how I'm not having any, um, Mm -hmm. because that is a much more comfortable joke for me to make than to be like, let's all walk down the assumption that I am a a person who is having sex all the time. Like for some reason, there's a part of me that doesn't think that would ever be a believable thing to share with an audience. Like I would have to do so much more work to make them go there with me. Right. So it's almost the easier joke, the other direction. Right. Um... But yeah, so when I see people who, again, are can even just people on stage who are like, oh, I uh, I went on a date, like even to just casually say that, right. like there is someone who would be like, oh, I went on a date yesterday, and even just that sentence alone would strike a different chord just based on what we assume about who's saying it, about who's saying it, and mm-hmm. what that looks like, and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm always curious and fascinated about anyone who's open about sexuality, who's open about. Um, even ignoring that side of things but it opened about like just relationships and that kind of thing like where do you source that Mm -hmm. for Um, me i feel
0: like bedpost is a big source of inspiration for me as well mm because now i'm kind of creating this identity for myself this sex sexuality representative Mm -hmm. you know i think i've also, you know, working on the brand, not like so consciously, but you know, I feel like because I do bedpost and I do all these other things that that allows me to wear pasties around at Pride. Mm. Like I, I haven't done that ever before Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have thought to do that ever before, you know, but now I'm like, I've got all these cool things just through doing kind of burlesque type numbers and stuff. And I was like, for whatever reason, I'm like, I feel like I can do this now because this is my identity and my friends wouldn't be surprised to see me like this now, Yeah, you know, be, knowing all the work I do. So yeah, I definitely get encouraged by, you know, just by this kind of identity mm. that I'm kind of creating for myself now.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I definitely haven't always thought of myself as a sexy person. For yeah. sure haven't always. I've only come into that really in my 30s. And what do you think was... The catalyst. Yeah. Again, like Matt has changed my life. He really, really? has. We've been together almost five years now. Hmm. And we just bought a condo. Is there a fancy it. new condo? That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just having such a, a supportive, really lovely partner helps huge. Helps huge for finding yourself. And to have somebody encourage you to explore your own identity, like that's everything. You know, whether it be like a family member Mm -hmm. or, you know, someone you meet through, you know, a job or whatever, like Mm -hmm. that goes huge to have an ally, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to just help you fully actualize. And for me, as we were talking about like pre-recording, you know, I'll do something for five years where I'm really driven about it. Like I Mm owned a restaurant for five years, just obsess about that. And then like when that's been exhausted, I like... Do a new idea. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so like right now, this is my thing that I'm doing and Mm -hmm. I'm like pretty hardcore about it. And that's obviously Mm -hmm. bleeding into my social life as well. Where now I'm like, yes, I can wear a paste. Yeah. Which is good. Because I think that means that what you're
1: doing, uh, what is truly passion driven. Yeah. Because... When I worked in corporate finance, that never bled into my social life. (laughs) (laughs) Would you want it to? I don't know. No, but but I did see it happen around me, which is kind of why I was like, "Oh, I need to leave," (laughs) because you know, to meet with people socially and have see that the alerts on their phone were, you know, about the price of oil and what that did in the last (laughs) little minute. When the alerts on my phone were from Candy Crush, like it was a different. (laughs) Animal, like the like the things I would note on my phone were like, oh, this is a fun joke or a sketch I want to work on. Meanwhile, they were scribbling down like, oh, you know what? Stop what stuff. are we going to hedge? And I'm like, I don't know, um, but I will tell you what uh, about this joke <laughs> about my dry, <laughs> <Vulva>. <laughs> my dry vulva. If anyone wants to hear that before the annual general meeting, happy to share. <laughs>
0: Oh, but I killed it. I killed it oh, in I, corporate. Oh yeah, <laughs> I bet. Oh my gosh. Um, So do you feel? Do you feel like a sexual person in any space? Like even <sighs> by yourself in your own bedroom, you're like, let's have some me time. You know? No, really? Yeah. Do you think that's in big part the SSRIs as well? Um, yeah. I know what. I, I think uh, to be honest, I think
1: it's. I also use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I first went on them, the doctor was like, "Hey, you know, how's that affecting your libido?" And I literally said to him, "I was like, it doesn't matter." Uh, wow. So it could have been a combination of just where my mind was at at the time, but I also know a good part of it is uh,
0: like psychological placebo effect yes, type thing. You yes. know, it's supposed to. You yeah. know, you are supposed to get these symptoms. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: well, that and also uh, just this idea of like, well, does it matter because I am not meant to be a sexual person anyway? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Like for a lot yeah i I'll also add to that is uh I think I grew up with a a a healthy um and by healthy, i mean completely unhealthy amount <laughs> of uh religious fanaticism mm. that was centered around a lot of like shame around sexuality as well, mm-hmm. so that's uh, only gonna I think you help. add that to being like the only black girl to being fat yeah. to being like all these other things I think I definitely have a lot of identities that I have allowed to repress that and I am trying I, to unlearn them yeah 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 but yeah. it is I only recess. ask
0: about the SSRI I think because I uh I know I'm not like outing or anything. She talks about it very publicly. Natalie Norman on mm-hmm. the Crimson Wave podcast talks about that a lot and how, yeah. specifically how they affect her libido. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, because yeah. I've only heard from her perspective pretty much. Yeah. You did Crimson Wave. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. We talked about it too, but yeah, yeah. for sure. It, d- it definitely did like in a very tangible way. Um, but again, I also think, uh, depression Is its own libido suppression? That's another thing Uh, That's another whole podcast Who knows Who Who knows It's like a chicken or the egg thing Like which one killed my libido first (laughs) Was it the like compulsive negative thoughts And the inability to get out of bed and shower Or is it the SSRIs
0: Like Six of one. Do you find inspiration through all these types of dilemmas that you face through sexuality? Do you find comedic inspiration? You seem to. Um, I think I have to. Right. Because
1: (laughs) if there's very little, I think the core of me doesn't believe it to be funny. Yeah, so I think I find the funny. Yeah, to not make
0: it sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh so you don't cry. Right? Laugh. Yeah, which is just that's why oh, I mean, every that, comedian. That's, I was just doing, gonna right? say that that's comedians. Yeah. That's
1: every comedian, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, I, I feel like talking about this. You think my entire set is about sex? I think I have one chunk about sex
0: yeah, that you told at my yeah.
1: post. Yeah, and then all the other chunks are just about you know. Yeah, what do you talk I about usually? Oh, really? Like Just kidding. Um, what else do I talk about? (laughs) Um, I have no clue. You just For some reason, all (laughs) that's... Yeah, I just get up there and I'm like, how long do I have? Great. (laughs) And then I play Shoulda Said with the audience. I like
0: to mix my improv
1: and stand-up all together. It's just a mishmash. Yeah, Yeah, and I close with just a really great musical number. And I get out of there. (laughs) Um, what... What do I talk about? Um... You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think there is like a good chunk on relationship adjacent stuff, Mm -hmm. which I've never consciously thought about till just now. (laughs) Maybe I need to unpack that (laughs) (laughs) with someone Uh, Um, a little bit more. There's that, then I have a chunk on being Nigerian. mm -hmm. Man, I can't think about it without looking at my phone right now, but... (laughs)
0: Man,
1: Holy. on that note, mm-hmm. we're out of time, Efi. Yeah, good thing we're ending on a high note. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've been great. No, I've had, You've been great. I've had a lot of fucking laughs good. today. Good, good. I'm glad. Do you have anything to tell our listeners about coming up? Oh, uh, I should be better at this, hey? do You do, um, you do a couple
1: weekly things, as far as I know. I have. Uh, I'm kind of trying to figure out how I can handle doing summer camps. Yeah, and right, right. also shows. So for right. the, the summer, I'm trying to ease off a little bit, just at least until I can get a hold of my schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a monthly show that I, I usually am at is uh, Yas Queen. Yeah. Which is a monthly showcase of women of color in comedy and and some of our best allies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that happens the first Sunday of every month at Bad Dog Theater at awesome. 9, 9.30 p.m. Awesome. Yeah. So that's <laughs> one consistent one that I'll mention I'm sure we're going to end this podcast and I'm going to think of 10 more things. 10 more things. <laughs> we'll but... send,
0: if you do send me the links.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm Erin Pym. This has been the Bed Post Podcast. And yeah. this has been, oh God, Ify Choatelu. Fuck. Ify Choatelu. Ify yeah. Third time's a go, charm, third right? time's <laughs> charm. Third time's time's a
1: charm. And again, if any of this podcast has, <laughs> has made you a
0: on... please, 416. <laughs> uh this has been the bedpost podcast if you want to know anything else about bedpost go to facebook.com slash bedpost erotica you'll find uh everything about our live show as well if you want some erotica go check out aaron's erotica.com there are 100 teasers there if you want something more in depth follow the link to my amazon author page Uh, Lastly, but not leastly, all the music on this podcast is original music by Stephanie Copeland. She's amazing. Check her out at stephaniecopelandmusic.com.